All right. Well, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. I've actually wanted to do it for the entirety of 2023. Right at the tail end, we get the chance to talk to my man, Jackson Hoops. Jackson, how you been, man? It's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to talk face to face. That's right, man. Hey, I'm doing well. Excited for the next couple of weeks coming up. So it's glad, I'm just glad to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And it's a good time to always chat with you, Blake. So it's well, good. We, we seriously, we've been wanting to talk to you all year long, and finally the opportunity presents itself. 17 shows in, Jackson, over a year and a half at this point that you've been doing this for Fierce Fighting Championship. And I just got to say, you've absolutely knocked it out of the park. Where have you seen your role grow over the years as the in-cage announcer? Oh, man. So, did you say 17? 17. That's crazy cool. That's awesome. No, that... I'm glad we do them once a month because it's it's keeps me busy, keeps us all busy, keeps us moving, keeps the fighters going. But, but man, when I started, it was the January card and I was in just a white shirt and a tie and I sat on the side outside of the cage and just did it from the microphone. And then that very next show, Zach was like, you want to announce them all in the cage? And so from there, it's just evolved. Every single show, we've tweaked something. We've changed something. We've um, kind of evolved to some, like when when the fighters, now we're announcing the fighters, kind of like the UFC does, in the cage right before the fight happens. And that is a thrill. I love that part of it because you're up with the fighters right in their face, shouting their names. And it's just been a, it's been a good experience. I can't ask for a better job at all it's 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 been a fun time work with you guys yeah no so i did want to talk to you a little bit about obviously your role but i didn't realize that that you did it outside of the cage at your first one and then you started to go inside the cage what was that kind of transition like to go from something where not everybody was necessarily looking at you to being the guy in the center of the cage that everyone has to look at before a fighter may come out yeah i think that one for January, we were all, I mean, I think that was the first time really Zach had taken over kind of the reins. And so we were all kind of fig trying to figure out what should we do in this with this. Um, and I think that's how the last announcer may have been doing it. I mean, we would get into the cage and announce the winner at the end, but the intros and having them walk out, I just sat there on the side. And, but immediately, I think I went home that night even, and I thought to myself, man, we, we have to do that in a cage, you know, just like Bruce does it. Got to get up there in front of the spotlights and, and the microphone and do the whole thing. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right. And I think probably a week or two later, Zach called up and just said, hey, man, we're going to announce, have you announced in the cage? And I said, yep, let's do it. So that's where the suit started and then I had to get a new suit and now we got a, a pretty one going on. I probably should get a couple more because that color might be getting old, but it's a fierce color, man, the fierce blue. So I, I think there's no doubt about it that everyone knows that you absolutely love your job and what you do for fierce. I'm curious, when did it go from something that was fun to do? Oh, I get to do this fun thing on the weekends outside of my nine to five to man, this is something that I look forward to weeks in advance. Yeah, I mean, even I was tagging you on Instagram the other night when just laying in bed and wide awake, just replaying it all through my mind. And it's just a thrill. I, I've, I've just loved the sport anyway, from before meeting Zach, before moving to Utah. I, I, I love the sport. I love any sport and and the athletes, what they do and the time they put in and the effort they put in to go and put on a show. 
it's one thing for me to be on a microphone, but man, when they perform and we've seen some great performances with Fierce, it's it's kind of a thrill because you get a cage side seat and you get to be on a microphone goofing around and you get to watch some sweet fights, man. So it's it's just a thrill to look for every single Monday morning when I go back to work, even my boss, my coworkers. I look at them and I'm like, I don't want to be here. And they all get it. They all get it because it's just a thrill every single weekend. You get you get a big rush. And yeah, I love my nine to five. It's a great job. But man, it's this is a fun gig for sure. I did want to ask you, you talked about, you know, growing up watching the UFC, being a fan of it. Did you ever think that you would fall into a role of this type where you do get to be in the center of the cage and get the crowd going and things like that? Is that something that you've always wanted to do? Obviously, your musical background as well as kind of primed you for a position like you have now with Fierce. Now, my um, dream has always been the phrase I use, control a crowd, I, whether it's being on a, a stage playing music uh jared leto the song closer to the edge 30 seconds to mars go watch that video and he's getting you know getting the whole crowd doing the fist bumps and if it whether it's ufc or just music man controlling a crowd is one of the coolest things when you can tell them what to do not in a rude way or anything but you know you have them in your pocket and you you get them to make some noise you get them to you know get up for those fighters it's a thrill it is a, it's a thrill for sure and that's something that we've just always grown up doing i mean any sport i've played too you're just it's a matter of you know being a quarterback controlling the team and walking the team down the field and controlling a microphone getting under the spotlight making it happen and it was it was the coolest thing because zach just called me up when he was taking it over and he, and he said, he just said, man, I want you to be my, he didn't really ask. He just said, I want you to be my announcer. There was no question. It was like, yep, let's do it. Let's roll. So it was pretty, it's pretty sweet. When you got that call from Zach and you knew that you were going to be doing this, did you start studying the Bruce buffers, the Michael buffers, the Joe Martinez's there's, there's a whole list of them in this industry that are so great at what they do. Do you study those guys and try to follow in their path? Yeah, I take a lot from Bruce. The, um, not necessarily the way he announces, but the verbiage. The verbiage I take a lot from Bruce, and and, and I've kind of pulled from others as well. Just making sure there's a good format. There's a you know the same thing every time. I got to work on my decisions at the end. You know, announcing the decisions because those are those are pretty rare. So when those get me, Scott Baller Baller always. When he hands me that paper for the decision, I got to study up on those. But man, the 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 Bruce Buffer is is one guy that well I will always study and watch, and so it's it's always prep work. But at the same time, winging it is is the way to go too. You just never know what's going to happen out there. So sometimes you just got to wing it and make it happen. But yeah. I got to ask you this as well. I've actually always wondered this. Obviously, Bruce Buffer has his it's time. You have make some noise. Where did that originate from? And where was the thought process to create make some noise as kind of the slogan of Fierce Fighting Championship, I would say unofficially, but still, <laughs> obviously, the main the main phrase that so many people know and love. Yeah, well, you have to pick a phrase, of course, you know, and you it can change if we need to make it change, but man, it's, it's, it's stuck pretty well. It's, it, uh, I think the, uh, the main thing that I thought of first was, and it came, you know, with singing in choirs and it was picking a proper vowel or a consonant, whatever you want to call it, that you can actually scream that doesn't sound dull or, 
I don't know a good example. So noise is a good, it's something that you can really scream and belt out other than um, it's time to party, you know, you know, something like that. It's kind of, that's how I actually start. I was like, I got to pick a vowel or a consonant that's that I can actually scream and it'll resonate. It'll go bounce off the rafters and uh, get into the, the fans ears and make them make them get up. And then I don't know. I just that make some noise was just I've heard it a few times. Um, just when announcers have slightly said it, you know, make some noise for Jackson Hoops that's coming to the cage or something. So I thought, man, let's, I'll just use that as the the main one. And nobody's really stuck with that or had it or trademarked it or anything. So that's what we got to do next is trademark that bad boy. So it's awesome, but it works. So do you remember yeah. any specific time or any specific card where you really hit that make some noise right before the main card, right before the main event where you went? Yeah, that was exactly what I always wanted to sound like, what I want it to be. And you also got that reaction back from the crowd. I was that I think it was this I might have used it in the first fight actually I'll have to go back and check it out it might have been done on the first one I've ever I ever did but definitely the second when I was actually in the center of the cage and starting you know start to finish being in the middle of the cage I knew at that point I had to have a phrase and I had to make sure that we were making some noise um because a lot of the times you know during the fights it, it can get not really boring, but you're sitting there for a while. And that's one thing that we do well is we keep the show going. We keep it rolling. So we, we don't have fans just kind of sitting back being bored. So it's even, even that catchphrase or other things that I do to just keep the audience, the audience uh, intrigued and, you know, alive, just not necessarily for me, but for those fighters, they want to hear a crowd when they're walking out. So I think it was that second fight, though, that was huge. It was like, no, I'm not going to do it unless I have a phrase. You got to have a phrase in there. So it's awesome. When did you especially start to feel confident in your own abilities and feel comfortable in your own shoes, wherever you may be in the cage, out of the cage in this role? When Zach called me and said, you're going to be the announcer. <laughs> I, I knew for I knew for the beginning, it was going to be like, oh, this is a little nerve wracking. You got to work out those kinks. But it was something that, I mean, we've performed all of our lives. We've been in front, we've done solos. Um, you know, even last show, there was a chance that I might've had to jump in and bust out the national anthem, you know, things like that. You just, it's, it's something that we grew up with that, you know, singing in church, uh, you know, talking in church, you know, performing in choirs, you, you were just been comfortable with the mic. So right when he, when he called and said that, of course I had to work out kinks of how, to word word things but holding a mic in front of you know the the fans that didn't bug me at all I was pumped it was yeah I was comfortable with it right off the bat talking a little bit about some of the kinks that you never really get to work out completely I always want to ask you and I'm always curious as someone else who has to talk a lot on fight night how do you deal with your voice preservation from the first fight to the end of the night, obviously you have so many names that you have to scream and shout and obviously get the crowd hyped up. How do you keep your voice fresh throughout the entirety of what it is, a two hour show or a five and a half hour show? Man, a gallon of water, water and wellness sitting right next to me. Um, Steve, Steve Farragher, one of the judges, he's, he sat next to me while, while I was gargling salt water when I was sick one time. Um, I got cough drops there, salt water. Um, 
man but the my problem is is i will the very first make some noise that i shout and then the very first intro i'll usually be like "Uh uh-oh i gotta tone it down because i'm gonna lose my voice before i get to the end and i'm actually nervous because we've got normal lately we've been doing the fierce challenger series where we've only had you know eight nine ten fights but now we got a bigger card so and they're four title fights so Great question, because I got to figure that out before the 17th of how to preserve my voice. But it's it's a different uh, you also have to not growl like, you know, like a heavy metal. They, those guys can growl in, in the correct way and never lose their voice. But I'll growl and lose my voice immediately. But if you can kind of resonate it, it's a lot e- like kind of like you're singing. It's a lot easier to preserve it. So I'm getting better at that. But, man, it's so hard when you've got the Zeke and you've got Kent right in front of your face and. And you're just screaming their their name. Um, it's it's tough to preserve. You you don't want to hold back. So, but I got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, talking a little bit about like the likes of Zeke Law to Kent Mafaleo, stars that are on a card. Do you have a specific fighter who you particularly look forward to announcing? Whether it be your relationship with them in the cage or what they're like outside of the cage. Is there any specific fighter that you personally just really look forward to? One making the walk, but two announcing their name right in their face. Zeke, Steph, Zeke and I have a, I don't know, he's had a couple big wins and, and emotional wins, you know, with his father passing. Um, that was huge. I remember videotaping him. Y'all, um, I might even tear up. Videotaping him after he won. And that was huge. It was, it, and the next fight, the, I think the last time he fought, we changed it up a little bit since then, where I actually announced the fighters when they're in the cage. And he he just he got so amped up for it and it did the tongue the tongan t with his arms and we're face to face kind of like bruce buffer does it with a few fighters and man that got him hyped up it got me hyped up he's won definitely all of the all of the title fights i enjoyed announcing those fighters because it's big time right then for those two fighters and so you gotta make it perfect pronounce their names correctly for all their fans down watching the pay-per-view and it's it's uh, i don't really have specific fighters but that one was zeke was huge that was a fun one to watch with him that was that was pretty cool all right so now i'm going to turn the tides a little bit from your favorite fighter to announce to the toughest name i know you and i are both huge on pronunciation we are super hard on ourselves on it obviously because that's a huge part of the job and something that I really appreciate that you also care about. But what is the toughest name that you have ever had to announce in the cage? Oh man, I would have to say, I don't know, probably, probably the Mongol, I guess. Um, God, now I can't even, you got to help me out here because I might butcher it. Um, Lua, that one definitely sticks out. Oh, that one was a tough one. Armarsana Mar- was a tough one, though, the Mongol. Um, but yeah, say that one again. Do that. Hololu Nakanelua. Nakanelua. That's all right. Yeah, there's there's at least one or two that we really, and it's weird because we spell them out phonetically. We want to make sure we get them correctly. But then when you actually read it, you're like, oh, just say it exactly how it's read. So, and then I, that's where I get a little nervous too. I'll overthink it too much and, and I'll be reading it. And I'm like, ah, don't read it. Just, just, just shout it out and let it flow. But there's a few that that's tough. But my, my mom, when I remember when we were in playing state baseball, 
she wrote phonetically all of our names and got them exactly the right way and gave them to the announcer to make sure that they didn't mess any of them up. And that's kind of stuck with me. I mean, that's that's their time to shine. You got to get it right. All their family that's watching on the pay-per-view or in the in the stands, you don't want them yelling, it's not that. You know, they want you want them, you want it to be perfect for those guys. And plus, if you're a fighter and you're standing there and you just got your name pronounced wrong and you're trying to get zoned in for a fight, that's you don't want to mess with that either. You don't want to mess with their mindset. You want to keep them in the zone. And if not, you want to up their energy even more. So have you ever had a fighter reach out to you and either say, hey, you pronounce my name perfectly or hey, thank you so much or, or the opposite side of, hey, you got my name wrong or whatever it may be. Have you ever had a fighter reach out to you personally? Yeah, I've had a few that that I mean, especially if you see them again and they're, they're fighting on the next card or maybe they're cornering their buddies on the next card and you see them again. Um, there's a special bond between like between my, myself and them because they. They appreciate it. They, I, I, I haven't had anything negative come back. Uh, if I butchered Nakana Lua, <laughs> see, if I butcher it, um, they'll usually laugh it off. They're pretty cool, but I, I haven't butchered many inside the cage. It's usually at weigh-ins when I'm first getting fresh and knowing how they pronounce it. But the, I remember one time when I shouted the wrong winner that was a fun experience. I announced the wrong winner and he's, I don't remember who it was, but he's like, no, that's not me. And so I fixed it, you know, and went on the fly and fixed it. And he, I told him, sorry, man, I didn't mean to do that. And he, go, it was great. He goes, Oh, it's all right. They, they gave you the card to say, I know it wasn't your fault. And I'm like, yep, it was their fault. <laughs> it was, I don't remember who that was. I could go back and look at it, but I think they had similar names and I just shouted the wrong one, but that's probably the most I've ever had that, you know, and anybody say anything negative. It's, it's all been pretty positive. As long as we get them close to their names, you know, then make it happen for them, I guess. I've always wanted to ask you this. You have a very specific job and a very unique job in the way that I don't really have to worry about anything in-house. You have to worry about in-house plus the broadcast. You're really the only guy outside of obviously the fighters who don't care about either of those. They just care about the fight. But you have to worry about what's going on on the cameras as well as what's going on inside the cage. How difficult has that been to deal with both sides of that coin and making sure that they're both balanced out? Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, you know all too well that we I mean, we note stuff each fight. We, you know, if, oh, man, that didn't fit well. We need to change it up here. Um I, if, as long as you keep in mind the show must go on. I mean, that's the the catchphrase, you know, that we, we've used in choirs on the show must go on. You got to just keep going and we might have those glitches or I might interrupt, you know, and get crazy on the mic and say, Hey, go up there and check out the booth, you know, but it's certain things that we've fixed. Um, my dad always had the phrase perfect practice makes perfect. It's not practice makes perfect because, you know, you could perform and practice horrible and that's how, you know, you're going to perform. So perfect practice makes perfect. And that's kind of, I mean, as long as we keep, you know, making, making those tweaks and making those changes to make it all flow. Well, it's, it's not a worry as much anymore. We're starting to get into a good routine. I mean, 17 fights that we're picking it up pretty well. There's still kinks here and there that you're going to see with every show, but yeah, it's, if, if something happens bad, you, you play it off, tell a joke and you keep rolling, you know, it's, and 
I always have to remember too that half of the fans, probably 90% of the fans probably won't even remember any mistake I've ever made, nor what you've made. It's always up in our heads, which we're our own, you know, critics, but it's, yeah, it's the show must go on. Just make some noise and just keep rolling. Jackson, last question from me. What is the number one thing that you are looking forward to on November 17th? Man. I want to see the Maverick Center filled up. We've got to fill it up. And I don't know if we'll see it filled up, but four title belts is is huge. And everybody needs to be at the Maverick Center on the 17th. If we fill that up, that would be the most amazing thing for me to see. There's nothing better than a full crowd there. Stay in the whole time. Stay all the way to the main event. Enjoy it and have a blast. Um but the four belts is what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to a bunch of these return fighters that we have introduced. We have seen fight for fierce and it, it's actually kind of nice because I don't have to do so much prep work because I have all their information still. So that's another good thing, but let's fill the stands, man. Let's fill the stands. It's the last show of the year, fill the Mavericks center and make some noise. That's what we got to do. It's been an incredible 2023, and it's getting capped off November 17th at the Maverick Center. Jackson Hopes, one of the best cage announcers in the entire game. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate it, man.